Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Monday morning. No, it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I am just checking in on you, seeing how your week's going. How's your week going? Oh, yeah? Really? Oh, you don't say. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. God love you. God fucking love you. Um... I'm having a great week. Um, we just, today we did the table read for episode 10, the final episode of season four. Um, that's it. It fucking killed. Uh, and I think that we got uh, coming together. This is going to look like it's an even better season than last season. Um, amazing writer's room this year. So, I mean, every year, of course, but this year went to another level. So thank you to everybody helping out. And all of a sudden, the clouds are starting to pot and old freckles. I'm going to have time to aerobicize. You know, I knocked out the um, All Things Comedy. We're doing, uh, we're doing some business with uh, Comedy Central, made some stand-up specials. And then we have a uh, sort of a premium blend type show that we've uh, been recording the last two days, shooting it, I should say. And then uh, tonight's the last night. Um, where the fuck is that? I always forget the name of that damn theater. Let me see here. It's on 7th Ave. Theater 7th Ave. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I did a stand-up show there before. The Tarragon or something like that? Is that what it's called? You fucking asshole, Bill. Why the hell? Tarragon Theater. That's it. The Tarragon Theater. Um, is that it? No, that's not it. Hang on a second. The Terragram Ballroom. That's where the show is at tonight. And I'll be doing like uh, like a half hour. After all the young bucks go up there and they do their thing, um, I'm going to close out the show with a half hour of stuff. Most of it new shit since my last taping of my special so uh look at me i got the special behind me i got the this taping behind me i got the fucking my my efforts for families kind of getting behind me i mean i gotta edit it for the you know help edit it for the next i don't know how many months but uh yeah it's all good so i don't i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do with myself maybe get caught up in my reading um speaking of getting caught up how about your boston bruins last night huh did you like that well if you didn't you're from montreal or toronto everybody else that's what i love about being a bruins fan is around the league people love us (laughs) i've never seen a team win less cups and have more hatred around the league you know what i mean you'd think we were actually successful or so we've won one cup since 1972 why don't you guys relax all right you fucking boo is there anything worse than listening to somebody complaining about you know, physical play. Some of these fucking Toronto fans. I mean, I know Bruins fans probably just as bad, but of course I don't look at that shit. You know, they lose game two and all of a sudden they're, they're putting out pictures of like the refs wearing Bruins jerseys. It's like, well, were they wearing Toronto jerseys in the first fucking game, you assholes? Um, if we lose, the refs cheated. <laughs> um, no, it was another... Uh, heart-stopping game where we i forget what the fuck we were up we were up like five three or i thought the game was fucking over and then all of a sudden they they closed it to like i don't know four to three or something like that then my 
my daughter came down. I missed a little bit of it. I, I, I've just been catching it in patch is, uh, like patches of it, um, even though I'm emotionally all in because everybody in the house laughed at me when the Bruins scored. How about Marshawn sticking with that pass, huh? I mean, I think he gave it to, I think it was to, to Pasternak. First pass went to the defenseman skates, a nice play, and it went right back on his stick, and they gave my tail right there, fucking frow. Um, loved it. And the shocker of all shockers, Tampa Bay losing four straight. Give it up for your Columbus Blue Jackets. Tell you right now, they're going to have a long layoff, and the big thing they got to worry about is a letdown. I mean, they got to be flying high after beating this team, but last time I checked, you got to win 16 games before you host, hoist Lord Stanley over your head. I'm an old white guy, and I'm talking in clean shit, cliches. Can't even say what I'm trying to say. I wonder how long you could filibuster as a sports announcer just saying all that cliched stuff. Everybody, they go out there, they played like a team. Everybody was involved. And I'll tell you, when you get all lines firing, good things are going to happen. They went to the net. And I'll tell you, that's where the goals are, okay? You can't be out there on the perimeter. Nobody's ever scored from behind the goal except for Wayne Gretzky. And you're not Wayne Gretzky. So I'll tell you right now, you got to get your fucking Canadian ass, Russian ass, or whatever the fuck you are, right in front of that goddamn net because that's where the goals are. These goddamn kids today, they're on the wrong side of the puck. They're trying to get on Instagram, make a, a fucking degree of difficulty. This isn't high dive. We're not high diving here. We're playing hockey. If I see one more fucking mascot in one of these goddamn arenas, I'm going to throw a kid down on the ice. Mark? Oh, getting a lot of your anger oot. Um, and I watched a little bit of NBA basketball. I watched some of the, uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, and, you know, great game there. We fucking won that game. But uh, I'll be honest with you, dude. I, I don't even know what the fuck goes on in the NBA anymore. I try to watch it. But uh, I have a theory on what happened to the NBA, all right? Sit down for this one. If you want to hear somebody who was picked last in gym class tell you, what, <laughs> tell you what's wrong with the NBA, all right, I'm going big on this one. I'm going to say it, all right? Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, was also uh, one of the worst things that ever happened to NBA hoop, okay? The same way Eddie Van Halen in 1978 with Van Halen 1 was one of the worst things that ever happened to guitar playing in the 1980s, all right? And basically why I'm saying is when you have somebody of their level of talent, just an absolute genius, they are so far beyond everybody else that when mere mortals interpret what they do, they get it wrong because they are limited by the talent that they were blessed with. So with Eddie Van Halen, I know I've used him as a reference before, so many people that came after him, what they looked at Eddie and they were just like, take guitar solo, play as many notes as you can within whatever, the four bars that you have. And then it just became noise. The whole fucking, it's some of these fucking guitar solos. I mean, I know these guys could play, but like, you know, it's just like, it's almost like you ever get cornered in a party by some fucking cokehead and there's, there's no back and forth. There's no conversation. They're just fucking punishing you yeah that's what a lot of those solas were all right and before michael jordan came along you had to have a big man to win you had to feed your big man and blah 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 and all that shit and he came in with such a talent he said not only do i not need a big man i'm gonna jump over your big man and your fucking power forward 
and I'm going to so dominate this game that the rest of my teammates, are, are their nickname's going to be my supporting cast. Now, I know when he started, you know, passing the ball and everything, that's when he started to beat the Pistons. I'm not saying he was just totally doing it himself, but like all these people that came after him grew up, they wanted to be like Mike, and they're not Mike, but they're still playing that way. So everybody tried to fucking win, and it didn't work. So the fallout of that, I believe, was then the pile-on championship team because Michael set the bar at six championships in the modern era. If you wanted to beat Mike or be as good as him, you had to win six. And people just weren't good enough to fucking do it. So they just had the pylon teams. And it started with Kobe and Shaq with the Lakers. And then you had the big three in Boston. And then the Miami fucking Heat. And now you got the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And if you watch it, I swear to God. And this, this whole fallout of that is you now have the person that's taking it beyond Jordan where it's like, not only do I not need my other teammates, I don't even like being coached. So you have somebody out there, you know, people always, oh, dude, he's got like 21 points in the first half. It's like, dude, the only fucking number that matters is the score. We're down by three. I don't give a fuck. He's, he's, this person is, I just see these guys, they turn their team into this one-dimensional attack. It's like this guy's going to try to fucking beat the entire fucking team. Um, and somehow... If you play team basketball like the San Antonio Spurs, nobody pays attention. And I saw this thing on Instagram showing all these big stars that have since retired, and they go, who do you miss the most? And, of course, everybody's picking Kobe. I mean, he's probably, I don't know. I would, he's got to be at least the top two one-on-one fucking players of all time. Absolute beast. And then you combine that with his wanting to win and all of that shit. However, sitting right in the middle and nobody talking about him was fucking Tim Duncan. And I might just be an old fucking asshole here, but what I liked about Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan could win with anybody where I felt like Kobe could win, but he needed everybody. He needed like a zillion fucking free agents every fucking year, it seemed. They would just, every three years, they would clean house and he would get a fresh batch of some of the best people in the NBA to play with. Um... I don't know. So when I watch the fucking game now, I, I'll tell you, when you got a player his caliber, you know he's going to have to get his touches. It's like, dude, fuck his touches. I was watching the game last night, okay? And uh, what's his face? Reggie Miller. We go into the fourth quarter. I think we were up by like two points. He goes, you know, for the, you know the rest of this game is going to be all Kyrie. Now, maybe he was saying passing the ball or whatever too, but I don't know. I just hear that all the time. And, I, dude, it makes me feel so old. I'm, I sit there yelling at the TV like, Reggie, you don't believe that? <laughs> you didn't play that kind of ball. Even when you were fucking destroying the Knicks, you still knew you had to play team ball. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, I'm done with my old man rant. All right, but I think that that's, that is basically, you know, like I said, I'm done and I'm still going to go here. I think that that's what's happened with basketball. And for an old guy like me, that's why I don't get it when I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my God. They're down by 10, and that guy came down the court, didn't pass it, and just launched a three and threw up a fucking brick. They're going to call a timeout and put him on the bench, and they don't. It's just how it's played now. So, But what I will say, there are things that are way better, okay, before I'm, I'm that fucking asshole, you know, giving you the global warming speech about professional sports. Um, in no time in basketball have there ever been this many people over this, the height of six foot ten that can hit a fucking three-pointer 
like a guard. I mean, it's, it's fucking unbelievable. So there are, whatever, there are, there are better things. Um, I will tell you, though, uh, NHL has changed a lot since I was a kid. And I actually, I like, I mean, I miss the fights. I do miss two-line passes and that type of thing. But it's, it's a fucking great game. It's still, you can't have one guy go out and try to just take over the entire fucking game. By the way, how about Ovechkin? Knocking out that fucking 19-year-old. That's such a weird thing. He's 33. He outweighed the kid by fucking 40 pounds. The kid asked him to fight. What's he supposed to do? Jesus Christ, he gave me the old two-piece there. <laughs> I felt bad for that kid, but I also respect him having the balls. You know, 19 years old, you're playing in the NHL, and you take on a 33-year-old Russian. I mean, you, you got balls. I got to give him that. Um, I don't even know what that series is at right now. But um, hang on a second. Washington Post. Why the fuck does it say that? Since when the hell do I look at that? Maybe I looked at an article. Washington Capitals. All right. Uh, Why would I want to go to Wikipedia? Why is that my default fucking thing every time? Don't enough people... Don't enough people go to your goddamn site that you got to fucking direct me right there. Um, all right, Washington Capitals. The series is two games to one. Now it is fucking wide open. Wide fucking open. Now that Tampa Bay is, is out of it. This, I bet everybody's eyes fucking lit up. What a story that would be of the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets end up winning the East. Can you imagine that? I'm actually enjoying watching them winning just to see fucking Tortorelli smiling. I've never seen that guy smile so much in my life. When they went up two games to none, he was like, the smile on his face, the way he was holding his hands together, he looked like he was watching his firstborn take their first few steps. (laughs) And as a a, a, uh, recovering angry lunatic, it's fun to see an angry guy like that show just pure joy. Um, I feel like in his head, it, he felt like finally I drew up a game plan that my team heard and they completely fucking executed it to a T and it fucking worked. I mean, that's gotta, it's gotta be Nirvana for, uh, for a coach. So that was definitely, uh, definitely fun to watch, but I apologize to all the young people listening to this, me bitching about the game, but those are just my theories. Um, and as you get older, the more theories you have, because it keeps that voice out of your head. That's like, uh, you're going to die soon. <laughs> keeps that out of your fucking head. Um, anyways, how many minutes have I done here? How many minutes? Is it time for the, the read already? Fucking penguins lose four straight. Now, is that guy in the front office? Uh, Josh Adam Myers, who's taping his set tonight. Uh, from the goddamn Comedy Jam and the 500 podcast. He's, uh, he was telling me that uh, the Capitals last year didn't pay their, their front office guy, their GM. And all he did was just lead them, you know, put together a team that led them to their first Stanley Cup in the history of the team, and they don't pay him. They went a little Theo Epstein, dare I say. Remember that? Theo Epstein ended a fucking 86-year curse, and they started fucking with his money. He's like, I'm out of here. Then, no, 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 no. Then they paid him. Then a few years later, he was gone. That guy, he's got to be the greatest uh, front office guy ever. The guy ended almost a combined 200 years of curses. And we wouldn't pay him. Speaking of which, how about your Boston Red Sox? My God, all I've been hearing is the stories. I haven't had time to watch. 
Yankees are kicking our ass and they're in fucking last place. A little bit of a hangover from the World Series party. Once again, it goes to Wikipedia. Like I don't know what the Boston Red Sox are. All right. I know what they are. They're a fucking last place team right now. We lose five to three from the new from your New York Yankees. And that that game, I believe we're six and 13. (laughs) I wonder, you know, how many fucking assholes at New at Yankee Stadium were too busy under the stadium eating prime rib. I just have to say, as a fucking baseball fan, that fucking uh, Roman feast that they have for everybody down behind home plate. It's just, it's the fucking worst. You're the New York Yankees. You have the most fucking World Series titles. You have the most titles of anybody in, in, in the four major sports. And, and where, are, where, where are all your fucking fans? Down there talking to fucking Rachel Ray, whoever fucking celebrity chef is down there cooking for them, fucking watching the game. Just stay home. Stay home, you cunts. I actually got those seats one time. I went to a game, I mean, at least 10 fucking years ago. I forget how long ago that stadium's been around, but it feels like it was like 10 years ago, maybe like eight years ago. And I sat down there. I just loaded up, got my food, and got the fuck out there, and I watched the game. And it was ridiculous. Like, the Yankees, of course, probably were in first place. And to sit there, you felt like they were, like, you know, already mathematically eliminated. Um, I don't know. That's a sad thing. And they say, oh, you know, that's how it is. It's like, no, it's just greed. It's greed by the fucking owners where that capitalism thing, where you can't just be a fucking billionaire. You got to be a multi-billionaire. And uh, to the detriment, I don't begrudge anybody. God knows on my tax rent. I don't begrudge, as long as you pay your fucking taxes, um, begrudge anybody making any more money. But when it's detrimental to your product, I'll tell you right now, that's when you got to take a step back and, you know, Try to figure out what matters. Um, I don't know. I got I to gotta fucking, uh, I got to sit down and watch the game. I have had a ridiculous urge now that I have a little bit of time off here. I mean, I'm going to Iceland, doing this tour that goes from Iceland to Israel. But I really have, uh, I have a couple few weeks off in May before it starts to get crazy again. And uh, I would love to go to a fucking Dodgers game, I think like an old man, you know, and fucking keep score and have myself a fucking hot dog. (laughs) I only wish there was a smoking section. If I could just sit there and smoke cigars. God damn it. Um, And hang with one of my cigar buddies like Burt Kreischer. You know, Burt's always down to fucking smoke a stick. Josh Adam Myers, you know, um, be a hell of a thing. Or Mike Binder, who actually directed my latest special coming out. When you guys see how fucking beautiful this thing is, you might actually forget the shitty material you're listening to. And that's what we're going for. All right, let's do the advertising here. Butcher Box, everybody. Oh, before I forget, I got to tell you the latest, cutest thing that my daughter did. All right? The love of my life. The apple of my eye. Um, I woke her up, right? I didn't wake her up. She was up. I come in, she's silly as hell, and uh, she's so smart and just keeps getting more and more beautiful. And I know I'm bragging as a dad, but I'm telling you right now, it's a good-looking kid. So uh, I get her up, and I'm getting her changed and everything. So I said, hey, I go, you want pancakes for breakfast? She goes, yeah. 
I go, all right. I go, or do you want a smoothie? She looks at me and she goes, pancakes and smoothie. (laughs) That's the first time she's used and she knows to link it or smoothie, as she says. Um, I just gave her the pancakes, the healthy ones too. Uh, that I've been making here. All right, uh, Butcher Box, everybody. Here we go. Oh, I love these guys. Oh, do I love these guys. And you know something? I'm going to be cooking up some of their, their heritage bread pork tomorrow. I got this, this recipe I'm trying. Um, one of those fucking, you know, when you're in, in line at the uh, grocery store and they have like a little magazine that has like uh, just a bunch of recipes. So this whole issue is dedicated to just making an entire meal in like a skillet, you know? And they had this great recipe for, uh, for a, uh, a pork chop dinner. You know, you sear it on both sides up top, and then you, you finish it in the oven with a heat thermometer there so you don't overcook it and dry it out. The fucking thing, worst thing ever. It's really involved. And there's a couple of reducings of liquids and putting pork chops in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an aluminum tent. This is fucking involved. And uh, I'm giving myself permission to only do an okay job the first time. But I'm going to get this, this meal down. And this is going to be one of these meals that when I have people over, when I'm entertaining, okay, when I'm wearing one of my uh, evening gowns, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the meal that I'm, I'm going to pull out to fucking impress people. Of course, I'll make it. And some of you are like, um, we, I'm sorry, we're vegan now. It looks delicious if you're into murdered pigs. Um, all right, butcher box, everybody. Butcher Box delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork. The incredible quality of Butcher Box meat starts with the commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones before they're slaughtered. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual size meals, or if you're a fat fuck at a Yankee game, that ought to get you to the third inning. Uh, you can choose... From five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, custom box. Let you choose, uh, let you choose your own cuts. I'm telling you right now, I don't give a shit if you're a, a, a fucking bulimic vegetarian. You owe it to yourself. The heritage breed pork, man. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. Okay, the butcher box difference. Butcher box meats come from the humanely raised open pasture animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers. Get the ultimate breakfast bundle. That's two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage for free in your first box plus $20 off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash burr or enter the promo code burr. This is great. If you got kids, this is also good to know that they're not going to be, you know, your son won't be able to grow a mustache by the time he's seven, you know? Keep the hormones out. Keep them whores out of here. All right, one more read here. Uh, Helix. Helix, uh, there's nobody on the planet like you. You're special. Everybody needs to hear what you think on social media. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Um, Next, please mention all the talking points below. Well, if you fucking wrote it, I'm going to read it. How long we been in business? All right. Helix, sleep. Helix? Built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, 
like a plush or firm bed. Oh, behave. With Helix, Helix, there's no more guessing or compromising. Just go to helixsleep.com slash burr, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you uh, the best sleep of your life. For couples, Helix, Helix, can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. Let me ask you this. When you fuck, which side are you on? I think that depends on who's on the bottom. Um, doggy style would be confusing. Both my knees are on the mattress. So are mine and my hands. Okay, fair enough, honey. Your side of the bed. All right, Helix Sleep was even aware, awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. They have a 10-year warranty and you can get to try out you get to try it out for 100 nights Gross. risk-free right now. Helix, Helix is offering up to $125 off their mattress orders for our listeners. Get up to $125 off a Helix, Helix, sleep.com, uh, wait, off at helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helixsleep.com slash burr for $125 off your mattress order, helixsleep.com slash burr. That's H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com. Slash bar. Um, oh yeah, I was t- I was telling uh, Verzi my. Uh, by the way, Paul Verzi is down in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the Improv this weekend, and uh, catch him now before he goes to the theaters. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I saw it. I saw it at that set in Gotham. He's been absolutely murdering. But I'll tell you, it's hard when you're a half Greek, half Sicilian New Yorker. To go down to Raleigh the first time and headline and sell some tickets. Uh, go down there and say that you were there for the first, his first headlining gig down there. Um, last I talked to him, I think he was doing a bunch of radio down there, so I bet a lot of you know that he's, he's in town. Uh, but I was talking to him on the phone about um, that whole theory that I had on, like, basketball. Because he was laughing, you know, he always laughs at me because, you know, he's like the fucking, he's a kid to me, you know wearing the Jordans and all that shit, and I'm this fucking old man wearing a fucking Irish sweater. <laughs> oh, I hate how true that is. And I was saying, like, dude, I swear to God, they, they treat the stars in, this, in the NBA, they treat them like hot chicks, you know? I guess they kind of do that in all leagues, but I don't know. I have no idea. Bill, please don't go back to your stupid theories about a game you were never really that good at. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Here's my impression of a fucking Laker fan. Oh, yeah, if Kobe's that bad, how come he also won an Oscar? Why does he have a a fucking uh, Boston accent, Bill? Let me do that again. Um, Oh, my God. If, like, Kobe's that bad, like, you know, how many Oscars did Bill Russell win? Golden Globe much? Is it halftime yet? I want to get some Botox. Um, Sorry. Sorry, L.A. I love it out here. What am I doing? Um, all right. Is that the podcast? No, I still got another three minutes. Um, so anyways, tonight I'm going to be down at that fucking theater, the ballroom there, the Tarragon ballroom. Uh, is that what it's called? I got to look up ballroom. Is Tarragon like a food? I don't know. No, that's tilapia. That's a fish. The fuck is Tarragon? The Tarragram. Is Tarragon a spice? Tarragon spice. Yeah, it is. All right, okay. 
thought I was going fucking crazy. Oh, I bet a lot of tarragons been putting in bags of weed before, huh? I wonder what it's good for. Tarragon is so good if you have tingling in your ass. Just rub a little bit. All right, tarragon is a, is a spices of perennial herb in the sunflower family. I knew I didn't like them. It's a redhead. You don't like anything about the sun. Uh, it is widespread in the wild across much of Eurasia and North America. What is Eurasia? Is that Europe-infused Asia? And is cult is that the Middle East? And is cultivated for culinary and medical purposes. You know the amount of people, if you ask them what continent the Middle East is in, um, they would not guess Asia. No, they would not. And then Turkey, I believe, is half in Europe, half in Asia. I don't know, Bill, but we're all half listening at this point. Okay, you're going to fucking shit on the NBA and then give us, what, a geography lesson via a spice nobody gives a fuck about? All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. Listen, God bless all of you. Have a wonderful weekend. Let's go Bruins. Let's go Celtics. Red Sox, it's not too late to turn it around. I'm sure ESPN is already having the sky full. Is it it too early to make a move? Uh, (laughs) There's still snow on top of the green monster. Um, Anyways, there's going to be a little break here. Enjoy some music, and then there's going to be another half-hour bonus material of a a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from uh, Thursday earlier this year or from seven years ago, whenever the fuck I started doing this. Um, sorry if this podcast was a little bit off. I was icing my calves the entire time. Um, one of the things, I swear to God, I didn't realize how fucked up my goddamn body is. I'm still undoing 40 years. What am I talking about? I'm 50. Yeah, 40 years. Because I feel like the first 10 years, it's like a brand new car and you can run around and do whatever. Somewhere in like my teens, I had my first throw out my back and I'm finally fucking getting this shit worked out but uh jesus christ dude i swear to god my calves the lady she went to put her fucking elbow in it i felt like i literally had like a softball size like ball of hornets <laughs> in each of my calves like i was like popping up off the table like <laughs> she had to take like this candle thing she like like i don't even know what the fuck it is like she lights it it heats it up and she has to hold it like a half inch away from the skin to like melt up melt all of the fucking gristle i've had from years and years of just you know nobody stretched in the 80s you just worked out i used to bench do all the dumb 80s shit right and that's how i fucked up my shoulders and then i would get on a bike and i would ride it for like 15 miles every single day 18 on saturday and then i would take a day off on sunday were you shredded bill yes i was I was shredded, and, uh, but I never stretched, and now I'm paying the price for it. Now I look like a fucking bald, freckled Mr. Magoo limping around my house. I literally sit down for like 10 minutes watching TV, and when I stand up, I feel like I've been, you know, that feeling you have when you've been asleep for eight hours. For all you other old people out there, people beginning to feel old, I've said this before in the podcast, and God damn it, I'm going to say it again. Before you get out of bed in the morning, all right, take your toes and point them back at your knees. If you immediately feel a Charlie horse, just point your feet in the opposite direction and it'll release and you'll be all right. But point them at your knees if you can. 
I'm doing it right now. Oh, it feels great, right? You just leave it there for like, you know, a good 30 seconds, then go in the other direction, point them the other way. If you get a Charlie horse that way, same thing. Just bring your feet back up and it'll go away, uh, hopefully. But I'm not a professional, so don't hold me accountable here. And then once you've done those two stretches, move your feet clockwise and then counterclockwise. And, uh, and then get up. Then get up. Because what fucks you up is that first step. That first step of the day when you haven't stretched. And well, what, what a way to start, you know? You know, like, you know, when you get out of bed, and you, you just take that first step. And, ah, right? You wake up your wife or husband or whatever. You, know, you don't want to do that shit. All right, that's it. This is a very old podcast. You know, if I keep podcasting like this, complaining about sports leagues and my, my physical ailments, I think my next big advertiser is going to be like Geritol. Do they still make that shit? They used to always have that on uh, the Lawrence Welk show. He would do like these ads for it. Geritol. Geritol. Is that how you spell it? Geritol liquids. It still exists. What is it for? Now, the one time I want, I want fucking Wikipedia to help me out, I think it's, it's spying on me. All right, we're, we're making him mad. Let it go to Google. Wiki. Geritol is the United States trademark name for various dietary supplements, past and present. Oh, see, what they did was they changed with the time. I see. Remember that? Remember Lawrence Welk? Good night. Sleep tight. And pleasant dreams to you is the whitest show ever. There's a wish and a prayer for every dream to come true. I swear to God, this is the end of the, song, end of the show. And now till we meet again. Adios. Au revoir. This is them like in, in a very like passive aggressive way, like shouting out all the people that we had oppressed. Avida Zane, right? We had the, the, the Mexicans in there, the French and the fucking uh, the Germans right there. What did we do to the French? French and Indian War right there. I don't know, but when you're America, there's, there's a... There's a there's, it, America's like Tom Brady where like he's beat every team in the league. I think at this point we've defeated... We've defeated everybody, you know? I'm, of course I'm kidding. I'll tell you, you know what our Manny Pacquiao fight is? Remember that Pacquiao... Uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight that should have happened for 10 years and it never did that, that's, that's the United States and Russia I think by the time we get together no one's going to give a fuck that's my prediction alright old fucking bald freckled asshole thanks for cheering me up oh, fuck all you I'm sorry um, alright enjoy the music and enjoy the bonus half hour have a great weekend you cunts and I'll see you on Monday podcast for monday april 18th 2011 fuck i almost said it perfectly i i was so focusing on saying 2011 clearly i fucked up april did you catch that i said april april 18th let me try that again bill bill burr starts his podcast take two hey what's going on everybody it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for april 18th 2011 Ah, i can't say it without slowing down like some second grader trying to read out of his book 
Greenfield, USA. Did anybody else read that one? I was talking to somebody the other day. That's the last geography class I had in the United States of America was in second grade. I read a book called Greenfield, USA, and I loved it. They talked about all the different goddamn states. You know, they talk about the hot land. And they'd show a little picture of some farmer with a cow holding a bottle of milk. And I remember thinking, wow, I wish I lived on a farm and I had a cow. You know, my little imagination running wild. And they just cut it out. And now look, look at Americans. You know, we can't find shit anymore. Somebody was telling me the other day, they fought, somebody, they, they, they were quizzing these college kids. And kids were putting like Delaware, like where New Hampshire is. You know? That's like, that to me, that is a fucking deal breaker. Like if I, if I was dating a girl, right? Hottest girl on the goddamn planet. And if she thought Delaware was where, was where like New Hampshire was. You know, I would I would end that relationship within eight months because she's hot. I continue fucking her, and then uh, hopefully I'd get tired of her. But in the back of my head, it would just be keeping this bitch doesn't know where the states are. Well, why why would that matter? I mean, everybody has the talent. Everybody has their good side and their bad side. Why do women just defend every fucking woman out there? Is it because there's more of you than there are of us? Is that what it is? So you just got to be constantly spinning broad shit in a positive way as you guys just sit there fucking battling with each other? Huh? Is that what it is? I don't know. Why is my head so fucking itchy this week? Um, are you supposed to wash your hair every day? I, I hear different things. You're not supposed to, are you? You're supposed to let your natural oils produce. Is that what it is? You know? Walking around like some stinky European, you know, getting off your fucking awful Pee Wee Herman bicycle. What is it with Europe and those old bicycles? Is it because you guys have such small roads over there? Is that what it is that you guys can't progress in a bicycle kind of way? You know, is that why we win the Tour de France every year when we go over there and all those? You ever see the bikes that they ride? Even like the bikes that they ride in the Tour de France, the Italian bikes are terrible. Horrible bikes. <laughs> I'm just trying to get them going, just in case I have any Italian fucking listeners over there. Bellissimo! Manja, manja. You know how bad I want to fucking go to Italy and just gain 900 pounds? Evidently you don't, because they haven't fucked with their food over there. I've been reading more and more about food. Basically what we eat over here is, is the closest thing to straight up poison. I don't even think we're fat, lazy fucks. I just think they're poisoning us. Um... Like, I guess the pasta over there in Italy is like, I don't know, doesn't gluten-free, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what gluten is, but evidently you don't want a lot of it in your pasta. And their shit over there, it's gluten-free. I don't mean, I don't know if that means there's no gluten over there or the gluten they have is not oppressed like it is in this country. I don't know what it is, but all I know is those motherfuckers over there, you know, they just sit there, they just eat spaghetti all day. They have conversations with the shit hanging out of their mouth, you know, using their tie as a napkin. And everybody has a Ferrari. Isn't that what it is? You guys know what I did this week? You know what I did this fucking week? I actually went down and I finally decided I'm getting a second car. I decided, fuck it. I'm telling you, that shit over there in Japan really fucked with me. You know, considering I live on a fault line. All right. I realize I need to live for today. 
And I also realized I need to be prepared in case some of that shit went down. So my first step in securing my perimeter is all them good old boys do down the south. Everybody makes fun of them. Hooey! We're all just a bunch of stupid rednecks, right? Those rednecks are the smartest motherfuckers on the planet as far as they are ready for when the shit goes down. They're ready. All right? They got trucks. They got guns. They know how to kill shit, skin it, gut it, cook it, eat it, fuck it. They know how to do all of that. They know how to head for the hills, man. They know how to do that. They live in the middle of fucking nowhere. The great thing about living in the middle of fucking nowhere is you don't have that many games on your schedule. You know what I mean? You live in the city, okay? You got a full schedule of potential zombies and whatever coming over the fucking goddamn rail trying to run up the stairs of your apartment. Okay, I don't care how many fucking bullets you got. You're going to run out, and eventually they're going to overrun you. They're going to take your shit and fucking have sex with your dead body. Jesus, Bill. Really? Yeah, really. That's how it goes down in the apocalypse. Those rednecks, they live in the middle of nowhere. They got a big field all around their house. They got like 12 kids, so they can all look out every fucking window. Who's kidding who? They can put four kids for their three windows, right? In each window. On all sides of their little fucking outhouse. And there's no way to sneak up on them. You know, you got to crawl on your fucking elbows. You're not going to do it. You're going to leave them alone. They live in the middle of fucking nowhere. But when you live in the city, that's when you got to get worried. You know, unless you're lucky enough to live in a gated community. Gated community. You know, why did I say that twice? Pick up the papers. Pick up the papers, you know, the gated community. You know, either you're so famous or you've stolen so much from regular people that you feel the need to live behind a fucking wall. You know, have you guys noticed that on Google Maps that when you try to take the little guy and bring him down into a gated community, they won't let it do it? You know, why are they so fucking special? What did they do? You know, can you guys do me a favor? Can can you guys, my listeners... Now, you should not do this. (laughs) You shouldn't do this. I'm not advocating doing this, wink, wink. But uh, why don't you spray paint something on the wall outside a gated community that just makes those people not feel so goddamn comfortable? You know, I'm sick of them being cozy, smug cunts just sitting in there thinking everything's going to be all right. Just do something. Don't do anything to any of them. Just spray paint something crazy. Like, hey, fuckers, you're next. Um, where's the bailout? I don't know what the fuck. Just write something that's vague, that kind of includes all of them so they don't know who's the target. Just so they're a little bit nervous when they're in there eating their gluten-free pasta that they have flown in. You know? Oh, so anyway, so you know what I did? I went down to this. Oh, Jesus, what the fuck did I just do? Oh, I thought I just hit the, the, the erase button. No. So anyway, so I, I went down to this this place where they specialize in old Mustangs. And I went down there and I was going uh, to order one and just say, fuck it. This is the year I want. This is what I want on it. Tell me how much it fucking costs and I'm going to book some road gigs. And, uh, dude, the level of Catholic guilt, even though I don't even fucking – I don't even believe in that shit anymore. I don't believe in it. Okay. 
I don't know if you go somewhere when you die or any of that type of shit, but I know all this fucking religious stuff, other than the basics, the Ten Commandments, which, you know, you really could have made one commandment. Just don't be a cunt, right? Isn't that what it's all about? Don't be a cunt. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't disrespect your parents. Don't steal my shit. Don't fuck my wife. Don't want to fuck my wife. Don't be a cunt. What's wrong with you? Hey, look at me. Yeah, you. You're a cunt. Cut it out. That basically sums up the foundation of every uh, every religion. And then, then it turns into guys. Right? Buddha. I like Buddha. That's a good one. You know, some happy fat fuck. Just sitting there all jolly. Can't even see his dick and he's still happy. You know, there's something empowering about that jesus i'm not into you know i you know and it's not even his fucking pot smoking you know goddamn hacky sack vibe that he's putting out you know his goddamn robe made out of ganja it's not even that it's it's i hate the fucking martyr aspect of my religion you know i did it for you i hate that shit you know, somebody slaps you in the face, you turn the other cheek. Do it again. Will that make you feel better? The meek shall inherit the earth. It's just it's just a blueprint for being a pussy. You know? Fucking can't stand it. And then his Jewish religion, I don't know shit about it. I just know when you get really into it, you gotta grow those curly Q Elvis sideburns. And then you got to wear that little uh, that little round thing on the back of your head, you know? And then wear the same shirt and the same pants every fucking day or the same style, you know? What are you, fucking Albert Einstein? Are you over there working on theories of relativity? You're not. You're not, all right? Go get yourself an IZOD shirt. Add a little fucking color to your wardrobe. Can you, can you fucking have a little bit of fun? Um, what else? Oh, then the Muslim religion. I don't want to get down on my knees every day at four in the afternoon. I'm fucking old. My knees hurt. I don't want to do that shit. I got to carry a yoga mat around everywhere I fucking go and try and figure out, you know, which way is southeast or whatever the hell I'm supposed to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to fucking do any of that. So I think that pretty much. Oh, Scientology. That's the last one. You know, that one I would actually join because there's just something funny about it. You know, being a fly in the wall, hanging out with that level of weirdo. You know, I think they're the weirdest out of all of them, Scientologists. Just because the fucking religion, like all other religions were started, it seems, way the fuck back in the day. So there's this vagueness that there's no proof that it's complete bullshit, you know. But L. Ron Hubbard has a quote, if you want to make, you want to become a millionaire, start a religion. He basically admits that he kind of just made all this shit up, said that he was the guy. He did it in like the 40s. You know, and they're all sitting around there waiting for a fucking spaceship to show up. I just want to go down there and have a really fucking intense conversation with Tom Cruise. You know, and just see if I can get him going. You know. What I would do is I would just say that I was a little confused about a certain aspect of my life just to watch him go into fucking motivational speaker mode, you know, laughing maniacally. You know, Scientology, they got – in all religions, they have those giant cavernous buildings. So when somebody laughs maniacally, maniacally you get the, the fucking amazing acoustics, you know, like the same acoustics that are like in Jimmy Page's stairwell 
when they recorded the drums for when the levee breaked. You know how good those drums sound? Just imagine somebody laughing in that fucking stairwell. You know what? Should I add some reverb here and give you a maniacal laugh? Nah, it'd be too much fucking work. Um, anyways, so this is what I did this week. So I went down there to go uh, fucking see if I could get a Mustang, and the place was closed. And then I'm driving back, and I'm like, was that a sign? Was that a sign that I shouldn't have done it? And it's like, no, Bill, that's a sign that you're a dumb fuck, and you didn't check to see what their hours were. So whatever. Whatever. So this is what I did this week. All right? I did a lot of shit this week, by the way. Let me, let me, let me remember. Before I tell you that fucking story, uh, I did Kevin James' podcast this week. And uh, that is going to be, did I say Kevin James? Kevin Smith. I did Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Ah, it's going to be one of these fucking weeks, isn't it? I did Kevin Smith's podcast. It's going to be uploaded today. Um, he does, I actually, he, did, he didn't show up. He was sick. So I actually sat in for him, which was really nerve wracking. Because I, you know, remind me of like like the ice capades when I saw him in 1976 at the old Boston Garden. I saw him in the late 70s, actually. And Dorothy Hamill didn't show up. And we were all fucking upset and they had some other chick uh, substitute and everybody fucking booed. So I was worried that these these comic book reading sci-fi fans were going to boo me and they didn't. Um, and uh, fortunately, uh, Ralph Garman... His co-host, fucking hilarious. He made me feel totally comfortable. I did the show with him, and that um, that podcast is going to be up today. All right, so you're getting two two podcasts from me today. All right, you're probably going to be completely sick of me. I'm getting overexposed in the podcast world. I did Doug Benson's last week. I did I did Kevin Smith's on Saturday. It airs today, and on Wednesday I'm going to do the Sklar Brothers. I'm making the podcast rounds, people. I think I am becoming a fucking go-to guest in the podcasting world. You know, like back in the day when somebody canceled, oh, fuck, we need a guest. Back in the day in The Tonight Show, who'd they go with? They, they, they'd bring in George Goble. They'd bring in Burt Reynolds. Ah, ah, ah. He'd do that fucking cannonball run laugh, right? That's what I'm becoming in the podcast world. I did Joe Rogan's like fucking three weeks ago. Who else am I doing? I think I'm doing Chris Porter's coming up. Uh, You know, I am just doing all kinds of free work here in the podcasting world, people. That's what it's all about. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, I actually, on the MM Podcast page, for the first time ever, we have installed a donation button. So if you want to stop listening to me cry like a cunt, if you like, you know, whatever. If you want to donate to the podcast, I'd really appreciate it uh, because this is a ton of work. I do appreciate the fact that I do get to communicate to you guys. But, you know, if you want to fucking donate or whatever, uh, we're starting to take this thing to the next level. I came up with a new Monday morning podcast logo or actually the real thing is I paid somebody to do it. We got T-shirts and shit like that. We got some merchandise coming. So um, so that way the podcast can continue to be free. If you want to donate a buck, 
whatever you want to donate, five bucks, fucking six bucks, three fifty, whatever the fuck you want to donate. If you go to the MM Podcast page, mmpodcast.com, it's on the right-hand side, just under the uh, Twitter, Facebook buttons. You'll see donate. Just click on there. Uh, you can go right through PayPal, whatever. All right? Donation only, just like a church. Can I guilt you guys? Huh? Can I guilt you like Jesus? And he said it unto you, go fucketh yourself. Um, and what else? I really got to get this shit out of the way. I, I have to make sure that I do treat my career like a business at some point here. So I do have to hype a couple of things here. All right. Uh, my, pop, my web guy said, remind everyone to follow you on Twitter. He made a list, a list here because I blow this every week. All right. Follow me on Twitter, at Bill Burr. Uh, I believe that's my Twitter name. I didn't know my fucking Twitter name. It's either at Bill Burr or at BillBurr.com. I think it's just at Bill Burr, B-U-R-R. Uh, I tweet. I talk about things. I Twitter. I don't tweet. That's the masculine way. That's the homophobic way of tweeting. You Twitter. What else? Do I, also, feel f- also tell them to feel free to hit the share button when you post videos on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get my Facebook page, uh, the fan page, trying to get those numbers up. We've added 2,500 people since Tuesday. We're trying to keep that thing going. You know what, people? I'm actually, for the first time in my career, I'm going to try to use the Internet to my advantage. See, up until this point, I really had no game plan. It was like, I'm just going to go on here. I'm going to say a bunch of stupid shit for a fucking hour. And, you know, if people like it, they fucking like it, man. And if they find it, they fucking find it. And I realized that, you know what? There's nine zillion podcasts out there. I need to, I got to advertise. I got to fucking, I got to do what the fuck I got to do here. I'm finally realizing that, you know. Turning 43 in June. You know, at some point, I would like to uh, feel that if, you know, I don't know what. If I was to lose my pancreas, I could still have uh, enough money squirreled away that I could I could afford oatmeal for breakfast for the rest of my life. Isn't that what everybody wants? Don't you guys have a don't you have a number in your fucking head? What's your number? You know, you guys watch Breaking Bad. You guys watch that fucking show. Do you know uh, Eisenberg? His Mr. White. His his big number is six hundred grand. If he can get six hundred grand in cash squirreled away. Into the bottom of his house. If he kicks the bucket, his family's going to be okay. See? So I don't have a family. I got my girl. All right? And I got my dog. All right? But I plan on fucking living. I, I don't have a terminal disease like Mr. White. Actually, he's in remission on that show. Sorry. I'm getting a little fucking Breaking Bad. I'm going a little geek here for that show. Um, excuse me. What would be my f- – I have no fucking idea what my figure would be. Definitely six. You need six figures, right? Would you guys do that? You know, because everybody wants a fucking house. Here's, here's, here's something for you. Everybody wants a house. All right. Oh, wait. Let me explain that shit real quick because I don't even think I explained it. On my, on my Facebook page, the fan page, we're going to start posting some, uh, some of the funny videos, the YouTube ones. And if you like them, only if you like them, if you think they're funny, just share them with the rest of your friends. And then hopefully they'll see that and they'll be like, well, who the fuck is this redheaded character? And then they'll go on to my page. And if they like my comedy, then they fucking add me, you know? And then maybe I can catch up with some of the, these other comedians out there who are playing these gigantic venues with, with uh, 
with fucking sparklers that come down at the end of their shows. Right, people? I want to sell out, everybody. That, there's an assignment for you this week. Come up with a catchphrase for me. What is something that I can say? Get her done. What can I? Dynamite! What can I say at the end of my jokes? Huh? Maybe I can just do that. Huh? At the everywhere, would, would that be enough? And then I sell, huh? T-shirts at the end? Is that what I got to do? You know what this really is, people? I know what you're thinking. Is, is Bill just going to give up all fucking integrity? You know what it is? Is I need a fucking vacation. I need a fucking vacation. It's coming up in June. First two weeks of June, I'm on vacation. And I know what you're thinking. Are you going to still do the podcast, man? Of course I'm going to. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm fucking, I'm gonna, I want to go to the middle of nowhere. I want to get a cabin. That's what I want to do. Are there any rednecks listening to this shit? Anyone, can you recommend me some shit? Who's going to be the first podcast listener to take me hunting? All right? And you got to know, I don't know how to shoot anything, but I will fucking shoot something. I don't have a problem killing an animal. I don't. If I'm out there, there'll there'll be enough mosquitoes that I'll be in enough of an ornery mood. You know, I already told you I could shoot a fucking deer. As long as it didn't have any deer friends standing around or any little kids, does, whatever it is. You know? I was kidding who if it was a really majestic looking one with a bunch of fucking... What do they call a twelve pointer or something? I couldn't shoot that either. It was just—it had to be a stupid looking deer, just standing there, fucking. Just you know, you can just tell a bear is going to club it over the head soon, right? Isn't that how bears kill their fucking their prey? They like pick up a stick, they start bashing it over the fucking head like Hannibal Lecter. Um, anyways, did I finish hyping everything? Um. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, and this week I'm also going to be at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, there's only a little. Uh, there's only a few tickets left for that one, and the Detroit show is sold out. So I want to thank both those blue collar towns that I'm finally making my way to. I got there without having to have a puppet or a catchphrase. People, very proud of that. But now I want to play. I want to play Tiger Stadium. So I need. <laughs> I need a catchphrase, everybody. Come on. And I'll try them out, too. I'm not beyond it. I will try them out next week on the podcast. Come up with a fucking horrific one. Um, oh, wait a minute. Didn't What's-His-Face already do this? Ricky Gervais? Didn't he do that? Didn't he do a show? He used to watch that show. He was an extra. Are you having a laugh? That's such a great fucking... That's the perfect... That's just, that's brilliant writing right there that they, I don't know if Ricky Gervais came up, I don't know who came up with that, but that is just so fucking, that is, that's just perfect. God damn it. That's just, am I even funny right now? I'm just sitting here just fucking, I'm just, you know, you know what I'm doing right now? I am, I'm sitting right now on my bed, laying sideways on my bed, uh, laying on my side with my head in my hand, you know, like I'm posing for Playgirl magazine, you know, like the, the Burt Reynolds pose back in the 70s look at me i think i think i'm getting i think i'm getting a fucking ego got an extra 2500 friends on my facebook page i'm telling people to follow me on twitter look at me i'm not even being funny this week i'm just hyping shit and uh we got the the new lady bill burr tank tops coming up i can't fucking do that shit all right let's plow ahead here um let's get into the podcast shall we um I have so much shit to talk about. I'm already 25 fucking minutes into this thing. Uh, let's try to blow through this quickly. My parents came to town this week. 
this weekend, came out here to visit, and uh, you know the deal. You feel like you're an adult. You feel like you're a man. You're a guy's guy. You're driving down the street in your hybrid with your fucking arm hanging out the window, and you made sure you put sunblock on so you didn't get cancer because you're a fucking fag. Right? You think you got the world figured out, and then all of a sudden your parents show up, and immediately you turn into a kid again, and you, you want their approval. So, you know, I don't have any kids. I don't have anything to show that I am living for anybody other than myself. I am living a selfish artist life. I play guitar. I play drums. I play hockey. I fucking tell jokes. I fucking do whatever the hell I want to do. I just sit around all day staring at my balls. It's great. It's fucking great. I don't know why the fuck you guys... Ever, I know why you, you chose love. I don't know why you ever got married. I don't know why you ever had kids and then you fucking change yourself to your cubicle. I don't know why you did it, but evidently it's worth it because everybody I know who has kids goes, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, I fucking work all day. You know, every morning my boss comes in and slaps me in the face with his tie and calls me a bitch. And I say, thank you, sir. May I have another? And I fucking hate my job. Oh, I tell you what, I get home. When I get home and I just see my kid, it just fucking... Whatever, they say all that fucking horse shit. And the thing is, is I know it's true. I know it's true. I know when I have a kid, I'm not going to give a fuck how I look anymore. You know? I'm not going to (laughs) moisturize. I'm going to be walking around in old clothes and old fucking gym shoes. That's my biggest fear. If I ever become a parent, I'll just become a parent. You know, and just dress like shit and drive that old car. I don't want to do it. Why? Why? If you become a parent, why? Jerry Seinfeld has Porsches. What am I talking about? See, there's a smart fucking guy. You know, he made his dream come true. He made his half a fucking billion. He got a fleet of Porsches. And then he went down to the gym. He picked out some chick. I don't give a fuck if you're fucking engaged. Let's go, sweetie. I got a half a billion dollars. Come over here. Come over here and ride my rich cock. Right? Then he starts pumping out the fucking kids. Late 40s, early 50s. People, that's if you're in your early 20s, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You make your million first. Then you grab some bitch by her fucking hair. You drag her up the stairs. And you say, listen, woman. I know you want shiny shit. I can buy you shiny shit. All right? So make your decision. Go ahead and choose love. You get you fall in and out of it during the relationship. You know, it's going to wear off. And then where are you going to be? You're going to be sitting there in some fucking house, some drab-ass fucking house, Cheerios in your hair, bunch of little ones running around, and then what? Or you can choose me. Shiny shit. You want a nice shiny kitchen counter with a shiny fridge? You know, I'm 50 years old. I've been working for 35 fucking years. I have no dependents. I can buy you the shiny shit you want. So why don't you come over here and ride my half a century old cock? <laughs> Take my fucking dusty semen, fertilize you, and then we'll have a couple of fucking kids, you know? And you can be the one who plays with them, and I'll just sit here in a fucking old sweater, rocking back and forth, going, I did it. 
I did it. Eating pot cookies, whatever the fuck I want to do. I don't give a shit. I have enough money for help. That's my game plan, people. As I sit here in a one-bedroom apartment in my early 40s in sweatpants and a fucking T-shirt. Still holding on to that dream, people. Um, anyways. The fuck was so my parents come to town? That's what the fuck I'm trying to tell. That's what, that's what I'm really trying to talk about here. My parents come to town. And uh, so I don't have any kids. I don't have anything to show them. I'm driving a fucking hybrid. Nothing I'm doing is really that impressive. So uh, what do I do? I just start taking them out to restaurants. You know, that, that was the only card I had to play. Look at all the cool places. I know where to eat. That's all I have, people. You double my age, I'm 84. 42 years of living on this planet. That's all I can show my parents is places to eat. So I've been actually been doing really good with the hiking, taking my fucking awesome dog for hikes. And then I come home and I have a big bowl of fucking oatmeal, you know, and I have it the real way. I just have oatmeal like a prisoner of war. Just slop it right in the bowl, throw a little bit of raisins on it. That's the only fucking excitement I allow during my breakfast moment. You know, all you fucks out there trying to lose weight. What do you do? You make something healthy and then you fucking add your drugs to it, don't you? Your sugars, your salts. Put a little milk in there. What about a little cinnamon sugar? How about I put a scoop of ice cream on top of it? What'd you have for breakfast? I had oatmeal. I'm telling you, it's my metabolism. No, it isn't. You cheating fuck. Stop putting the, 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 the food steroids into your healthy food. You got to sit there and you, you know what you got to do? Is you you got to get that fucking, you got to get that uh, that desire, that craving out of your body. You know, like you guys, if you watch my stand-up specials, you guys realize that uh, I have a sweet tooth. I hate that about myself. Uh, But you know what it was? I I fucking just stopped eating them. And it took about a week. Every night I'd be driving home going, I want a piece of cake. What the fuck is, what is your your birthday, Bill? What the fuck's wrong with me? I want a piece of cake or like a pint of ice cream. I just wanted it, right? Then after a fucking week, your body just gets that craving out of your system now I don't want it anymore. And you know what's funny is now that it's out of my system, I walked into this place the other day and they had, you know, to go in and get this this three bean salad, you know, because I'm really, I'm trying to get the booze weight off, you know, because I quit boozing, but I just kept eating like an idiot. I'm trying to make, get my head back down to the size it should be, right? So I'm going in there to order that and I'm, so I'm sitting there, of course, right in the front. They got like, you know, seven different kinds of cakes and all this shit. And because I wasn't craving sugar, like it looked, it looked bizarre. It looked like clown food. All these bright colors and shit. Like why the, why would you even eat that shit? <clears throat> you know, a week before, or if I had, I'd had some, <clears throat> some bad food, I would have fucking had my face pressed up against the glass trying to, sh- you know, just want to eat half the cake. So whatever. So I've been doing great with the, with my, my diet and all that type of shit. Then my parents come to town, and uh, that's all I had. I was just like, I, you know, I just started taking them out. I fucking had, you know, a couple of cheeseburgers. I was eating a fucking Grand Slam breakfast last night at some 50s diner. Took them out to some French restaurant, eating beef bourguignon out of this stew pot that looks like the Jolly G- Green Giant made the shit. And, uh... I'm at that age, a couple of days eating bad. I gained like five fucking pounds. Now I got a big doughy white stomach again. It's killing me. So anyways, this is how fucking hilarious my parents are. They come out to visit me in Hollywood. All right? Where do you think they wanted to go? 
What tourist attraction? Go ahead. I'll give you a second to guess. What are you going to guess? To go look at the Hollywood Walk of Fame? All those stars on the sidewalk? Man's Chinese Theater? Hollywood Bowl? Sunset Strip? Go down look at the Paramount Studios? Get their picture taken in front of the Hollywood sign? No. You know where they wanted to go? They wanted to go to the Ronald Reagan Library. <laughs> The Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. How fucking awesome is that? You know? You know the deal. Whenever you live in a city for a while, if you live in St. Louis, every time you come there, whatever, people want to go to the fucking arch. You don't want to go there. You don't give a fuck. They want to ride that little stupid elevator up to the top. You don't want to do it, but you got to do it. You live in New York, some douchebag wants to go to the top of the Empire State Building. You don't want to do it. So my parents came out here, and I'm thinking, oh, God, i got to take them to the usual spots. And they said that they wanted to go to the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. And I was like, "That, that's in Hollywood? They're like, no, 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 it's, uh, it's out west, west of uh, L.A. And I was like, you know what? I'll fucking do that. I'll do that in a second. And I went out there, man. I had a great goddamn time. Um, that's something you ought to do. You ought to go to a presidential library. It's fucking hilarious, especially if it's a president where you were alive when all the shit that happened went down. So then you can go into their library because the library is hilarious. I don't give a fuck who it is. They are going to make that guy look – this is like the third library. I've been to the JFK. I've been to the Richard Nixon, and I've been to the uh, – now the Ronald Reagan. None of these were my ideas. I'm a, I'm a fucking moron. I don't want to go to these things. I'm just always with people who want to go to this shit. And what I've noticed with the libraries is they just make the person seem just like the greatest fucking person ever. Like evidently Ronald Reagan was the greatest guy ever, which amazes me because I thought it was Richard Nixon. And before that, I thought it was fucking JFK. They just, uh, you know, they had one part of it. They had this whole, you know, that whole just say no to drugs thing that they came up with was a miserable failure. I remember it. I remember that people used to make fun. Just say no. Okay, well, that solves the crack epidemic. When somebody asks you for drugs, just say no, okay? Meanwhile, we're going to cut funding for anything that would help you get out of your financial fucking problem in the inner city, you know? And then the one viable commodity, the drugs, which you either sell and make money or you take to fucking numb the pain of living in a goddamn war zone, just say no to that. Just just say you don't want to do it. And then continue going to an incredibly unsafe, shitty school that we're not going to help to try to make anything better. So they, But in, in the library, it was just an absolute smashing success. And they were showing her just say no and her hugging some inner city children and the dress she wore. This is just the Nancy Reagan part. And then they actually, you know what was the best part? They had, a, they had a just say no board game, which I was trying to take a picture of, but the fucking security kept looking at me. You weren't allowed to take pictures in the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. And I just wanted to see, like, you know, I just want, I want to, I got to look that up on the internet. I want to know what happens. How do you lose that game? Do you, like, slowly become a junkie as you play that game? Or they're like, you know, at the end of the board game, is there one gated community, nice neighborhood where you live with all the banker cunts? And then there's another one where you make the left turn and you're just in some fucking slum that they cut funding to. 
Is that basically it? Um, so having gone to that, and then the, the Reagan thing was just like, you know, obviously I like the shit he did where he, he strengthened our military, you know, and then the Russians tried to strengthen their military and then they fucking went bankrupt. That was a great fucking move. It ended up being the worst thing for this country, though, I think, because you need an adversary. You need one, because if you don't, then you just become a greedy cunt because there's nobody stopping you from just fucking eating every piece of cake that's on the goddamn table. But anyways, so I haven't gone to the Reagan one. I now want to go to the Bill Clinton one because I want to see how they spin all that Monica Lewinsky, I finger fuck some fat whore in the White House. I just got to see because they got to address it because he got impeached. He's only only two presidents in history have ever gotten impeached. It's him and some other fucking guy. Forget the other guy. Everybody thinks it's fucking Nixon, but he didn't. Nixon resigned. Before that shit happened. He pulled a Manny Ramirez. I'm going to Spain. I'm out. See ya. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It was really – it was – as as much as I'm making fun of Reagan and that type of shit, like, you know, I don't buy into Democrats or Republicans. They all serve the same fucking guys. It doesn't make a difference, especially at this point. But it was just interesting to see uh, – I like I, I'm still into the memorabilia. Like the creepiest part of the Reagan library is you fucking go through it. And remember when John Hinckley tried to kill him? They – you walk into this one part. They go, this is the assassination part of the Ronald Reagan fucking library. And you walk in there and there's three screens all showing the exact same thing. And they go, it will start in 10 seconds. And they just show the raw footage of Reagan <laughs> walking out <laughs> and this guy squeezing off six fucking shots. You know, Brady – Got shot in the head. Thank God it was a twenty-two, or he would have been dead. But uh, a, a DC police officer and then a Secret Service officer all got shot, and then Reagan took one. It ricocheted off the car and caught him. So it's just the raw footage. There's no like uh, you know like fucking Tom Brokaw going tonight nightly news. Ronald Reagan was attempted to be shot. There wasn't any of that. They just showed it like he was standing there. It was the creepiest shit ever. Just he's walking out waving and then it pop, 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 pop. And then everybody just died. Get him out, get him out, get him out, get him out of here, get him out of here. And the car fucking drives away and you're like, Jesus Christ. So then you walk into the next room, which is like 10 feet away and there's no door. Okay. And now you're looking at the suit that Reagan wore when he got shot and there's a bullet hole right in the fucking, the coat, the side of the coat. And then, you know, the fucking assassination of the attempt, the raw footage is playing every 10 seconds. So now you're looking at the suit, and then all of a sudden you just hear, get him out of here, get him out of here, get him out of here. And it just kept playing. Get him out of here, get him out of here. It just was like, dude, what the fuck? And I, that was the only part of the library I didn't like. It's like I got it. Jesus Christ. And I had to leave. But the best part of the library, and I got pictures of this up on the mmpodcast.com is they fucking had uh, Air Force One, a 757, the entire fucking plane. They had it encased within the building, and you could go and you could go on the fucking thing. And they had the place where the guys sat with the you know the nuclear devices, turn your key. This is what blew my mind too when you got on the plane. Is you know now we're just starting to get the technology where us regular people can be on the internet and use phones and shit. They had that technology – 
on Air Force One back in the day when fucking Reagan, Carter, all those guys. You could you could pick up a rotary phone and call the Kremlin, whoever the fuck you needed to talk to, on a goddamn rotary phone. So that means that that technology is at least 35 years ahead of us. That 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 would be... The only reason why I would ever want to be president. I just want to see what, like, Obama's cell phone looks like, the capabilities of it. You know? Anybody? Was any of that fucking interesting? Um, all right. Let's let's move on here uh, real quick, and then I'm going to start. I'm going to get into the whole fucking uh, questions for the week. Um, oh, coming up this next week, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival starts, and uh, me, Robert Kelly, and Joe DeRosa have a movie that got selected, a short film called Cheat. And somebody sent me an, uh, an email about it. It said, uh, hey, Bill, how you doing? So, dude, just watch the trailer for Cheat. And, man, I got to tell you, it looks quite good. It's really cool to see you, Bobby and Joe, and even dumb Voss doing something serious like this. Is it going to make a run across theaters? Uh, what are the chances of it being on DVD sometime? Uh, this is the deal. It's a short film, so uh, we'll probably try and put it in other film festivals, but... Um, we're currently writing a book, me, Joe, and Bobby, and uh, that's based off of the movie. And the book will be out next year, beginning part of next year, hopefully. And in the back of the book, um, the, the the full movie will be available. So the, the, the movie itself, Cheat, will come with the book. And uh, I can't tell you what it's about because I don't want to ruin the fucking movie. So I'm glad you think that it looks cool. And uh, anybody in the New York area, please go on to the Tribeca website. That I don't have, of course. As always, I don't have any information. I'll have it next week. Next week, by the way, uh, I'm going to have Bobby and Joe DeRosa on my podcast. The first time ever there's going to be three people on my podcast. Uh, two guests at the same time. I'll see how I handled that. I went out and I bought a third mic, people. I'm ready to do it. So uh, what else? What else did I want to talk about? Um, oh, how about the Bruins, huh? How about the Bruins digging themselves a fucking hole? I still have faith. I got a feeling the Bruins are going to go into Montreal tonight. They're going to kick the shit out of those fake fucking Parisian motherfuckers up there. Uh, You know what's annoying me? It's not even annoying me that we're losing to the Canadians because I I don't know why people were picking the Bruins to win the cup. I just was, was still missing at least two major pieces to have a championship run. But what's killing me is they're making Carey Price look like he's Ken Dryden, and he isn't. He isn't. These are the first two playoff games this guy has ever fucking won in his entire career. All right? The last time we saw this guy in the playoffs, we beat him four games in a fucking row. What's going on now is the Canadians, they're, they're, they're forwards and their defensemen, they're blocking shots. They, it, 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 the Bruins just are playing the dumbest fucking hockey. Taking slap shots. There's nobody in front. Here you go, Carrie. Is there enough ice between me and you so you can get a nice bead on this puck? Fucking horrific. And I know a lot of Bruins fans are pissed that Chara didn't play game two. They said he was dehydrated and everybody went, oh, these fucking European players are such pussies. Drink some Gatorade. I think that that, they couldn't say that he was puking and shitting his brains out probably uh, for 24 hours. I think he had what I had like a month ago. So hopefully he'll come back and he'll crunch another one of those pussy fucking Canadian players into the boards and then they can fucking... Make a goddamn federal case out of it. Um, I don't know. The series is not over. There's no fucking way. There's no way it's over. I have faith. We got to fucking win. We got to win tonight. All right, that's it. 
And other than that, I've just been watching the uh, – these are my predictions. I think the Lightning are going to beat Pittsburgh. I think uh, I think the Bruins are going to come back and beat the Canadians. That's my heart talking. Flyers will beat the Sabres. Who else? These are easy. Detroit's going to beat Phoenix. Vancouver's going to beat Chicago. And uh, wait, wait, wait. What round do you think San Jose's going to choke this year, everybody? Do you think the Kings are going to come back and beat him? I have no fucking idea. All right, let's plow ahead here. My finals are, are the obvious. I think it's. I think the Flyers. No, what about the Capitals? You think the Capitals have finally pushed through? I got a funny feeling the Rangers are going to beat the Capitals. I felt that even though they lost game one, I thought the Rangers were going to come back and steal game two. But when they did and they went up two games to none, I, that's when I was like, ah, I guess the, the Capitals are going to do it this year. But now that they won game three, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on the Capitals. A lot of fucking pressure on those fucking cunts in D.C. All right, let's plow ahead here. All right, uh, very happy stay-at-home dad writes, uh, Dear Bill, after listening to one of your recent podcasts and also watching Let It Go, I felt compelled to write in. I have major issues with stay-at-home moms complaining about how hard it is. Oh, jeez. Perhaps this topic is played out, but I think my situation may bring a new light on the matter. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'll spare you how I became a stay-at-home dad and just tell you that it's terrific. I love it. I do all of what you'd expect. Clean, do laundry, yard work, cook, homework with the kids, and pickups and drop-offs, and have no problem with any of it. Dude, that sounds like a fucking vacation. Wouldn't it be odd hanging out with fucking kids? I know it sucks when they're babies, but once they become like just like little people, you know? And plus all the technology that they have to fucking encase your children, you know what I mean? Just like put up those little barricades and you can make those little rubber rooms so they can't hurt themselves. And then you stick like the Teletubbies on and that's like, you know, LSD for kids. And they're just sitting there tripping as you're in the other room making yourself a little scotch. Um, anyways, yeah, there's no boss. And every day is like fucking Saturday. You get to hang at your house. You get to sleep in your own bed. I know the grass is always greener, but that sounds fucking awesome. Anyways, he says, I'm a pretty organized person, so the house always looks good, and I've, o- and I've always been a good cook. Now I'm an even better one. My, wi- my wife comes home to great meals and a clean house, and at the end of her day, needs only to eat, relax, and hang out with our daughter. Another child is on the way this July. What does your wife do for a living that she can uh, support you? You guys live in nice? That's even better. She's got some insane fucking job. One of the biggest problems with my situation is when she decides to reclaim one of the traditional female roles around the house. This happens periodically, about once a month, usually less. It must be uh, primitive genetic code that kicks in every so often. When it does, my world gets fucked. Suddenly, I'm told nothing is where it should be in the kitchen and 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 we need to organize it. Or that pots aren't good enough or that shit is too high on the shelves. I have a foot uh, – I'm like a foot taller than my wife. You know what happened with this this reading here? I was just thinking how well I was reading. Now I'm in my fucking head and I'm screwing up. Let's try to regroup here, Bill. All right. Or worse, when she decides to go food shopping, come home with shit we don't need or we've never eaten before because she felt we should try it. Or, or worse yet, when she decides to cook a meal. Her cooking isn't bad, but when she cooks – 
I, I don't get the night off. My job is to show her where everything is, spices, dry goods, pots, etc., and also to reach shit she can't. When she's done, I spend the next day reorganizing everything to my liking. Dude, you got to be like a broad there. You got to claim the kitchen. Now, don't go around moving things. I have everything where I need it. Just shoot, shoot, get out of here. I'll do this. That's what you got to do. Your problem is, is you're letting her in. See, women can shoo guys out of the kitchen because we don't, usually most guys don't want to be in there. And in the end, we always try to keep in a good mood so maybe you'll blow us that night. You know, women, they don't have that kind of sex drive, you know. And plus, they always have the option of banging someone at work if they want to, you know, with absolutely no game whatsoever other than just fucking wearing some hoary shoes and hiking their skirt up. They don't even need an opening line, you know. Their lives are so fucking easy other than fucking having to squeeze a kid out. That's the one thing I'll give you. Those nine months of hell. But you get paid back. You get to tee off 12 fucking 20 yards in front of me at the golf course. People hold doors for you. You don't have to pay for a movie. You show a little cleavage. You get free drinks all night. What the fuck are you broads bitching about? All right, plow ahead here. Um, So anyways, he goes, I don't go to her office rearranging shit on occasion. On the occasions I drop by, oh, Jesus. Uh, so don't laugh at me when I tell you certain things go in certain areas of the fridge and why it's neat. Oh, no, dude, I totally get it. I'm not giving you shit. He said, I used to complain out loud to her about it. Now I just grin and bear it on occasion. On the occasion it happens. I figure it's better not to rock, rock the boat lest she wises up and sees how good I have it. Dude, you, you're living the fucking life. You know what you are, dude? You're basically retired, and your wife is out there providing your your pension. I think that's phenomenal. I think that is absolutely phenomenal, and I don't know why more women don't enjoy being stay-at-home moms. And I'm not trying to be a chauvinistic pig here. You know, okay, those first few years suck without a doubt, but then you got to understand – once they, they, they go to school, all right, they, they, they start going to school at 9 and they get off at 3, you got six hours in the middle of the day to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And you know something? And that's one of those classic points that you bring up to women or stay-at-home moms and they freak the fuck out and then they go, oh, you know, and then they try to make those six hours difficult, like all the fucking shit they have to do. It's like, what do you have to do? What exactly do you have to do? You got the kid dressed and you fed him. Now he's at fucking school. Someone else is watching the kid for the next six hours. What exactly is it that you have to fucking do? Laundry? Oh my God, that, that's got to be so difficult. To separate whites from the darks. Stick it in a fucking machine and press a button and have it clean it for you. Where, where is the... You're just... If, if those six hours aren't enough for you, you're just creating work for yourself. You know? You can actually be sitting on the couch drinking a margarita as a machine washes the fucking clothes. It's not that big a fucking deal. It really isn't. Go out food shopping. And you get to go out during the day when there's no traffic and there's nobody around. You go to the post office. You just sort of putz around town. Your little Maybury town. That's a fucking dream. You know? I don't know. I just think that, you know, that just seems like a fucking awesome life. And then the kids come home and it gets loud or whatever. But they're your kids. 
You love them. You make them fucking sandwiches. You know, and then then what? I mean, how much longer do they go? You put them to bed by fucking 8. They get home at like, what, 3.30? I, I, I just don't understand what, 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 what the big fucking deal is. I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Somebody please. You don't understand. It's every fucking day. That's another thing, too. And at the, at the end of all of that bitching, it's like, well, you didn't have to be a mom. You know, it's very easy. There's condoms. There's the pill. There's a whole bunch of prophylactics, all different kinds that you can choose from. You fucking chose the job and now you're bitching about it. What is your fucking problem? Jesus Christ, you don't, you don't want to go food shopping? Just go buy a jar of peanut, peanut butter and a big giant jar of jelly. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There you go. Bang. You could do that like three, four times a week. They don't give a fuck. Big glass of milk. Some cheese and crackers. Why? You're overthinking it. Ladies, you're over-fucking-thinking it. I really don't, I don't think it's that fucking hard. I think you guys are full of shit. You know what it is? Just like how this guy said at the end of his email where he's just sitting there grinning and burying it and he doesn't want to rock the boat lest she wises up to see how good he has it. I think that that's why those stay-at-home moms. I'm not talking about working moms. I'm talking about stay-at-home moms. I think that that's why they complain that much. Um, the only complaint – there are aspects that I do understand. The fact that you got to sit there talking goo-goo-ga-ga talk the whole fucking day and you just want to hang out with an adult at some point, that would drive me a little batshit. But you know, everything has you know, its ups and downs, and I just don't see the fucking downside as being that, that steep with that job. I really don't. Um, anyways, sitting there making macaroni trees, you know, taking them to the fucking playground and pushing them on a swing. I mean, how difficult is that? That's difficult. That's harder than sitting in a cubicle, having somebody coming over and telling you what to do. Do you ever think what's great about being a stay at home mom is your, your own fucking boss? Nobody's telling you what to do. Nobody's te- – don't even fucking tell me your kids are telling you what to do, okay? Get your goddamn kids in order, all right? That's what they invented sticks for, you know? Slap them around a little bit. You, you put the fear of death in them, and then they shut the fuck up. That's what my mom used to do. She had a paddle. My dad had a, went to a, was a member of a fraternity. He saved the paddle, and when we were dicks. My mother would line all of us up, and she'd beat the shit out of all of us. And you'd just be standing there in line waiting for the fucking beating to come, right? And then you'd always try to block it with your hand and fucking smash your knuckles. And then she'd send us all to bed. That was like her break. She'd do that once a day in like the afternoon. That was her afternoon break. She'd send us to bed. And then we'd go upstairs crying, all sweaty and crying and shit and sticky from whatever the fuck we just spilled that caused her to kick the shit out of us. And then, you know, we'd be up there 10 minutes and then we'd just fall asleep. That was it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, ask Bill. Prom issues. Hey, Bill, I'm a senior in high school and have not been to any of my school functions. I've been there, sir. I've been there. I didn't go to – I went to my senior prom. I didn't go to any of the other ones. Uh, I was a fucking orange-haired freak in high school. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even have the courage to ask anybody out. I just saw what was in the mirror, and I was just like, I'm not going to do this to somebody else. 
Why would, why would I put this on someone else? Um, I have never been to a school dance and only a few football games in my high school career. Dude, did I write this in a drunken stupor? This sounds like my high school career. Next week is the prom for my school, and I was wondering if I should go. I know people say I should go, and it would always be a special moment in my life. But uh, will it really? Is prom overrated? Dude, you know what? This is a fucking depressed individual. You know? Dude, you want to go. And now you're going to sit there. You you know what it is, dude? You're too fucking smart for your own good. And you're going to sit there and you're going to break down the prom, how fucking stupid it is, and the dumb songs and the DJ and how you never, you, you know, it's senior year. You're never going to see these people again in your life anyways. Should I not go? Dude, you should definitely go. Get the balls up to ask somebody. It's a great exercise because someday you're going to see a girl that you're going to want to talk to and you want to have a couple at bets. All right? So just fucking ask someone to the prom. Go get dressed up. Take the pictures. Have a good time. Don't do not do what you're doing, dude. You're overanalyzing life. You're going to start pulling back from the herd. And you're going to end up like me. <laughs> Some psycho babbling to himself. And it takes you 20 years to get it right. It took me 20 years before I met Nia. And I finally got it fucking right. And I'm starting to function like a human being. And thinking about having kids and having a dog. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. All right? It's it's a part of growing up. It's a social thing. It's very important. I think it's very important to go to your proms and your social events. Because that's what life is about. There's a great documentary out there on HBO called His Way. Uh, I'm really bad with names. It's about this really successful... Uh, Hollywood producer and as I watched it like I saw life lessons that I learned only recently in life and I realized how backwards I had life when I was a loner because that's not what life is about life is about networking hanging out with other people laughing with other people and becoming successful in life is all about your ability to connect with other people and uh, so you got to start as young as possible, man. You're still young. I would definitely do that then, you know. And uh, that's it, man. I would definitely – I would. De- oh, he asked me some other. Did you ever go to a prom and was it magical? No, it wasn't. It should have been, but it wasn't because I was a walled-off psycho, and I apologized to the woman that I went with. Um, I was just like you. I was sitting there. Um, why don't I read the rest of this here? I was thinking about going, but then came to the conclusion – conclusion of going by myself would just be oh i was thinking of going by myself but then came to the conclusion that going by myself would just be awkward yeah dude you don't want to do that you're going to freak people out people are going to feel bad for you and then the mean people are going to tease you and it's just going to suck and then you're going to want to come back like carrie and kill everybody it's just it's a bad road um she says so if i don't go what should i do dude go just go definitely go you want to go. I'm telling you. If you didn't want to go, you wouldn't be asking me. Just definitely go. Just ask somebody. I know there's some girls left. Ask sooner rather than later. And you know what, dude? Aim high. Who gives a fuck if she says no? Fuck her. She'll probably just end up being some some fatty at a reunion one day. This is now when you want to go in there. Just, I'm telling you, dude. Go there. Psych yourself up. Aim high. Ask a girl that you think is out of your league. You know? Take it to the prom, make her fucking laugh, and then see if you can, uh, you know, a little something might happen. Who gives it? And if it doesn't, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Someday when you see your dream girl sit there in Applebee's, 
you'll have the balls to go up to her because you fucking talked to that cunt in high school. All right, there's my advice. All right, let's move on here. Uh, number two, friend is going to be a dad trying to get him to kill it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Wow, we're already at an hour here. This is going to be a long podcast. Uh, friend is going to be a dad, dash, trying to get him to kill it. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Bill, my friend's got himself into a shitty situation recently. Gee, I wonder what this is. I'm really interested to hear if you have any advice for him and what you have to say. I got a call from him about a month ago and said he was going to be a father. This is the last thing I expected to hear. He's 26 and pretty much just started getting laid. Oh, you fucking poor bastard. See? See this? This is another reason why you want to go to your prom. Because you don't want to be this guy. The guy who first gets laid at fucking 26, doesn't know anything. Just fucking dumps his load in the first fucking stupid waitress he finds. This is a very sad thing to happen to one of your best friends. It really is. What's sadder is the girl he knocked up. What's sadder is the girl he knocked up. Oh, my God. This is depressing me. Uh, she's not someone you'd want to mother your child, let alone be attached to for the rest of your life. She's a nice enough girl, but a little off. She admittedly has some issues in her head and loves pills and weed a little too much. Oh, my God. What did this kid do? Let alone she is secretly married to someone. What? Dude, are you sure you didn't want to send this to Jerry Springer? I don't really know this story, but let's assume he is foreign and there is no love involved. Oh, an arranged marriage? Is that what you're saying? Anyway, when I got the call, my friend... Uh, you spelt the word wrong. I guess respectively, respectively was at the bar. I don't know what word you're trying to say there. My friend was at the bar and yelling about how he wants to kill it. Um, I take it you're against abortion considering you're saying kill it or are you just trying to be funny? Uh, a day or so later, when our buddies get the news, we all meet up with him to have a convince your friend to have an abortion dinner. Um... Uh, Oh, I see. Well, you and one of your buddies were down there talking about it. They want to kill. All right, so you're just going to sit down with him. To, okay, all right, here we go. He now has given up and is going to have it. He said he tried talking to her a few times about getting an abortion, and she won't have it. She wants to have the kid, and every time he brings it up, she hangs up on him or won't answer his calls and will avoid him for days. So now, in defeat, he's going to have the poor kid. Well, you know, that's one of the things there. It's not the guy's choice. Which is funny when they sit there and they say, pro ch- are you pro-choice? You know, that that's not for the guy. The woman decides, unless you're a really smooth talker. Um, I really think about having the kid will make her feel some sort of self-worth, and that's why she wants to have it so bad. My friend is a sweetheart, and I have no doubt he'll be a good father, but his situation sucks. We keep telling him that he'll be attached to this girl forever, and he really needs to talk to her, and that... We'll even talk to her, and of course, a bunch of us pushing her down. A flight of stairs jokes followed. (laughs) Oh, God. Now he is going with her to get an ultrasound and stuff and won't even talk to us about it. I don't know how this stuff works, but she does. But she's about two months preggers, and we think he has a month left to get rid of the thing. What can he do, and what can we as friends do to help? Um. Uh, you know what, guys? He's going to have the fucking thing. I would say 
I would say leave him alone and just support him and tell him whatever he does, do not marry this woman. Okay? He fucked up. He got her pregnant. She wants to have it. He doesn't have a say in it. And uh, that's it. It's going down. It's going down. So, you know, he fucked up. You know, that's life. You know, you fuck. Sometimes when you fuck up, you don't get a do-over, which is basically what an abortion is. Uh, She's not going for the do-over. She's like, nope, this is the game plan, and we're sticking with it, just like the Rangers. Even though people are breaking their fucking ankles, they're going to keep trying to block shots. All right? That's what she's doing. She wants to have the kids, so now... He just has to go with it, and uh, this is what he has to do. Never move in with her. Never marry her. Don't do anything like that. She's going to be a single mother. He's going to be a baby daddy. And um, what he needs to do now is he needs to buy a fucking lifetime supply of condoms. Uh, He needs to go out and find the woman that he's supposed to knock up and marry. And in the meantime, support that kid. That's what he has to do because he busted a nut in her and she's keeping it. So he's fucked. He's fucked when it comes to that. But his life is not over. He can. St- he only has to deal with this bitch for 18 fucking years. He has to deal with this kid for life. I think what he should do is the kid should be the priority. Um, he should come to some sort of zen realization that he's not going to convince this woman not to be a fucking maniac. If she is a psycho, like you said. Uh, what I would do is I try to convince her not to smoke weed or take any pills during the fucking pregnancy. Um, and, and that's it. I mean, his only other route is if maybe she wants to put it up for adoption, but it doesn't seem like she wants to do that. But, uh, he just needs to settle into the fact that he's having a fucking kid. But what you guys need to make sure is that this woman does not talk him into getting married and being legally, he, all he has to do is play, pay child support. If he gets married to her, now you're talking alimony and all that type of shit. And then when he wants to start his family with the fucking woman he wants to be with, that's going to be a fucking nightmare. So uh, that's it. All right? So that's what I would do. I would just say, listen, just support him as a friend and say, dude, if you ever fucking bang another girl without a condom, I, I am gonna I'm going to disown you. I'm going to disown you because it's killing me watching you go through this shit. So just make sure – you fuck the abortion. He's not doing it. They're having the kids. So now what you got to do is do not marry this woman. Do not marry her. And uh, and that's fucking it. That's it, man. That's a brutal, brutal, brutal fucking situation. Yeah, but for the grace of God. Um, anyways, here we go. Let's read this. Guy from London. Guy from London, look at this, all the way across the fucking pond, needs advice about girl with STD. Jesus Christ, you guys are fucking killing me this week. I'm a Londoner who just discovered your stand-up podcast. I got to tell you, you're one of the best. Come Thank you, man. That's fucking awesome. You know how great that is to hear from another country? You make me laugh from the pit of my stomach, which is a pretty special gift to give someone, so thank you. Thank you. All right, let's see if I can help you out of your fucking problem here. Anyway, I'm writing you because I just joined a dating website. I don't know how you feel about online dating, but my opinion has always been that it's fucked up. Who needs to join a website to get laid who isn't in some way a fucking lunatic, right? Um, I think that's the way it was in the beginning, but now it's becoming this phenomenal way of avoiding a cover charge and having to buy somebody a drink and just going right towards the chick you want. 
Um, Nino! What's going on? My girl just walked in. Fucking brutal questions this week. You want to hear the, just the titles of these questions? Uh, or just one in general? Um, I guess it was just this one. Friend is going to be a dad trying to get him to kill it. What? Yeah. No, I already answered it. I just uh-huh. uh, she, you know that that whole pro-choice thing. Are you pro-choice? The choice is really the woman's. You know, right. if she wants to vacuum it out, like the Hoover's getting turned on, and uh, <laughs> if if oh my god, what could you not say it like that? When a guy makes a joke like that, even though you've never had a kid, do you still feel a little quivering in there? No, I do not. No, you do not. What other disgusting question? You look really good. Thank you. You do. Um, you want to you want to help me with this one? Guy from London needs dating advice about girl with STD. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, uh, so he 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 always thought the online dating things were uh, those online dating websites were just filled with a bunch of psychos because right. who can't just get laid? But at this point, I I think it's it's normal now. Yeah. It's totally normal now to do online stuff. It's not like I don't think there's a stigma attached to it anymore. Plenty right. of people do it. Well, I think there's an STD attached to it. Let me read the rest of this. <laughs> uh, so I had avoided it, uh, being more than capable of hooking up in real life. But my problem is uh, that for about two years now, that's all I've been doing, hooking up, dating, meeting girls who never do that thing to me. Oh, nobody that he falls in love with. I feel like a husk, a 31-year-old. I don't know what that means. This guy's from London. Okay. I guess that means like the old guy at the bar. 31-year-old and I'm dead inside. Oh, I see. He's dead inside. Because no girl can make me feel how I used to in the school playground oh, with the, the first crushes. Uh, the thing that makes you want to make pancakes in the morning for her or walk through the park or put on some Lionel fucking Richie. <laughs> all they want to do is come home lately. Uh, all I want to do after I come lately is wash her off my dick and bounce her out. Yep, yep, I've been there. Which is no way to live. What? Nia, I banged a lot of broads before I met you, and that was the thing. You were like, yeah, right. the second you did, you jumped up. You said, hang on a second. Let me get, let me." You acted like you were getting something for her, and you went in there. And she figured it out when she heard the sink was on too long, that you had your dick in the sink, and you were washing it up. I used to, I used to take the hand fucking soap and just fucking act all like right, I was jerking right, off with all soap. Right, all right. And that's why I have the clean cock I have today. All right, plowing ahead. The thing that makes you want to – okay, uh, which is no way to live. I'm actually a romantic guy. I cry at Disney movies. Oh, Jesus, dude. I don't want to read this shit. I fall. I want to fall in love again. It sounds like lyrics to a Lionel Richie song. It's 2011. People join these sites, so I made a profile. Anyways, this is a fucking long-ass email. Okay, so anyways, he's on this fucking website. Anyway, after two weeks, I'm probably thinking about shutting down the profile – the only notable exception so far being a divorcee who does yoga. She invites me to a bar. We have a drink. She complains of being tipsy and needing to drive. I ask what she wants to do. She corks up the bottle and takes me back to her place and literally takes a run at me. It was nuts too, kind of seedy, like she'd watched some porn after the, after the split with her husband, decided that that was the way the world was now, and decided to emulate it for real. So I'm banging a mature, granted pretty hot mature, woman who's looking at me with this angry look on her face, that porn star fuck face thing that makes me feel uneasy <laughs> already while saying things like, do you like that? Huh? That dick is nice and warm in my pussy. Huh? Jesus Christ. Are you going to, wow. 
Are you going to blow your nuts right inside this pussy? Yeah. And she's saying it with the English accent, too. That's fucking hilarious. And I'm just feeling a bit sad inside as I nod. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, this is the thing. I meet this girl, 26, beautiful, and I mean beautiful. She looks like a little elf or something. That just made it creepy. And angels smoking, and she's smart, funny, kooky, but in a good hot way. Probably that danger is going to break your heart way too, but I'm a sucker for that. Anyway, we go for a walk around the zoo, not really giving a shit about the animals because we're too into each other. Like, uh, hey, look, an aardvark. Oh, you have really pretty hair. It was great. I'm not, the, I'm not a bad person after all. My heart is beating again for this girl. I feel happy. Where's the STD thing here? All right, so we leave the zoo, go to the bar for a kiss. It's amazing. Electricity. Then she goes, I've got to tell you something. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Here we go. You got to admit, at that point, you were worried that she had a dick, right? There's something I have to tell you. Um, I have three nipples, and I'm married to seven different men in Iraq, uh, which is the sentence you don't want to hear on a first date, blah, blah, blah. So she – anyways, oh, no. I just looked ahead. Oh, Jesus, brace yourself. I look at her and I say, go on. And she goes on to tell me that a few months ago, she was seeing some guy who went down on her. And it turns out she had a cold, he had a cold sore on his mouth. And now she has herpes. Oh. So she's got an incurable STD that can be passed on at any point. What do I do about that? Obviously, I get the hell out. I should be running as far from her pussy as I can, right? But I like her. I haven't liked anyone like this for a long time, but I also never had a disease. I look at my shit in that I look I look after my shit in that way. So, I'm in a dilemma. I like her, but she's damaged. She's what? she's a bit of a skank Why? in the past possibly, but she yeah. did the right thing and laid that on the table for me. What should I do? I'm clouded right now. How much I'm attracted to her? I need your help, Bill. Um, yeah, you get get the fuck out. Get out. Get out. Your advice is to get out? Yeah, you'll meet another girl, dude. You don't need to do that. Listen, she fucked up. You didn't fuck up. No, no, no. I'm saying my shit. She didn't fuck up. Someone gave her... A, an STD. It can happen Nia, to anybody. How do you, you don't know how she got the STD. That's just the story she told. Well, either way, like, that shit happens. It's not like, A, it's not a death sentence, and B, you shouldn't judge people because they have an STD. Let me ask you. Do you she, wait, let wait, me wait, ask you a question. She takes, her, she takes all her meds. She is on top of it and makes sure that, you know, she doesn't have any breakouts. And if she does, she does what she needs to do. And they use protection the entire time. And he goes to his doctor and consults about, listen, my girlfriend has this. I don't want to catch it. What can we do? And or he <laughs> finds someone with a clean pussy that makes his heart go pitter-patter. I don't, I don't think it's right to be like, no, stay away from her because she has herpes. Because it's like people have STDs. It's not Listen, like- if you want to find the right person in life, you got to be selfish. Okay, and I don't know anybody who has on the list when they think of their soulmate. Nobody has herpes. No, of course not. (laughs) In an ideal world, you're both clean. Yeah, in an ideal world, you don't have sores on your genitalia. I know, but sometimes that shit happens. No, no. This is what they need to do. They need to have a, a, a herpes social network. And people can just meet each other on the herpes social network. <laughs> and they can just pass it back and forth to each other. And it they don't matter. have to worry about it. Yeah, and then they can they can go halvesies on their herpes meds, and it's all good. <laughs> no, no then halvesies. It, then it's all good. I don't think halvesies is good. I'm preaching I STD 
segregation. I'm, I'm preaching separate but equal social website. I think it should be tolerant, and I think he should talk to her about it. She probably knows everything that she needs to do in terms of medication. I think you're full of shit. I think if the guy had sores on his dick, he, you'd be like, you'd be like, girl, and you start rolling your head like you were on a talk show. No. You need to get out that shit. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> If you really like the guy or girl, then you should just talk about it, you know? What do they say, like, in Manhattan, like, one in three people has an STD now? Please don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But something insane where, like, STDs are, like, through the roof. So, obviously, you should do everything in your power to protect yourself. But, again, he's also just dating this girl. He doesn't have to sleep with her right away. Then there's no fucking point. There's no fucking point as a guy goes and you know let me what? finish there's no point in being with, there's no point in being with the woman unless you're gonna bang there's no fucking point well i understand that but they could have like an open conversation about it. they could go to the doctor together they can like they can have a mature open line of communication about it look i'm not if you actually if you feel like this girl's the one then i mean that's pretty powerful the fact that she has herpes and you're still being like you know but exactly. i exactly and he easy 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 and up and down fucking camden street or yeah and, he, and he's been careful and he's, he's been done. careful yeah, and, and he, he kept his breastplate on he fucking had his he, he had his condom on can catch an STD, especially through oral sex, because how many people are using condoms when they go down on a guy, and how many people are using dental dams? Nobody. Nobody All right, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I give some so one night? Can shit I? happens. So if you're going to be doing that kind of stuff, yes, one needs to be aware that that could happen. All right, I'm going to give some one night stand advice from a dirty, filthy old man. All right? I haven't had a one night stand in seven years. So what? What do you know? So what? You've I all about it. You don't have it anymore. You're done, baby. I got you. It's over. All right. Wait a minute. This is what you do. One of the first things you want to do is you want to romance it. So you get out your, you get, you get out your George Michael uh, cassette tape. <laughs> no. This is the thing, okay? Certain things don't change. Certain things don't change, okay? One night stand, you never, ever, ever repeat ever go down on somebody you don't do anything okay i don't even kiss them one night stand you go in you talk shit you pull their fucking hair you bend them over and you put on a condom and you bang them that's what it is what am i trying to fucking be a gentleman we're here to fuck we are fucking you do it just the way prostitutes do it. that's why prostitutes you know that there's no fucking kissing anything did you want to bang me put a condom on and you just do the act you don't fucking you don't try to sit there and impress them you put on garden gardener gloves. You finger pop them a little bit. <laughs> and this isn't helping this guy at all. We're don't ever, don't ever. I'm trying to help other guys. Don't ever go down on a woman you don't know. Ever. You shouldn't do it ever. And you should wait until you guys are in a serious relationship and then have her get tested and make sure yeah, that 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 let me finish that you're not too. going down don't on go a down goddamn yeah, sewer. Yeah, the same same thing with same thing with women. Right. Guys, what guys stick their dicks? Half of them joined frats. They had a fucking ox at some point, or some sort of farm animal. You never oral sex is for someone you, you're in love with. I don't give a shit if you're fucking into it. You, you just you don't do it, okay? So you can avoid something like this. So this is what I would say. Listen, if you think this girl's the one, then by, I was just trying to be funny. That by all means, I guess you know do it. But you're also early, early. Shh. You said it. You already said it. I don't need to say it again. People heard it. There's a rewind button. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an hour. Well, go grab, an, grab a mic. They're right there in the closet. 
Yeah, why don't when you walk in here, just come in with a mic and be prepared for the gig. Um, yeah, don't ever go down on somebody in a one-night stand. I really need to make that into a bumper sticker. Um, last question. If he really likes – I said it. If he really likes her, then then definitely pursue it. But, you know, also, do you want to deal with this shit? And you also got to understand that you fall in and out of love with somebody in a relationship. And when you're falling out of love with them, when you're really getting mad, you're going to be thinking herpes shit. You fucking cold sore fucking motherfucker. You're going to be thinking crazy shit. Exactly. Just don't – I mean, if you're going to pursue her or whatever, don't be using that as in your back pocket to throw in her face. Because like I said, anyone can get an STD at any time. It doesn't mean you're a slut or you're a dirty guy. That does a bunch of stuff irresponsibly. Sometimes shit happens. It's life. And other times you're a other times other times you're a filthy fucking whore, a man whore or a female whore. And what you do is you got to listen to you when you got an STD, you're fucking damaged goods. So you got to come up with the fucking story. I I, this girl one time told me she had herpes. She told me she had it on her knee. She said she was in a hot tub. She told me (laughs) she told me she was in a hot tub. Someone in there had it. She scraped her knee and she just got it on her knee. And as long as she didn't, in this quadrants of nerves, and as long as she didn't stress, it wouldn't fucking move. And gradually, she starts telling me more of the story and it magically moved up to her fucking vajayjay. Yeah, she had fucking genital herpes and she didn't fucking tell me. Fortunately, I wore a goddamn condom. And the second she told me the knee story, I was like, shoving off the buffalo, shoving off the buffalo. You know, everybody, if you're out there that, you, you know, you, you run into shit. Okay. But that's why you, you always wear a fucking condom. Always, always. And yes. And guys, there's a lot of guys out there who can't fucking maintain a fucking erection because they're so used to raw dog. And that if you put that on, it feels like they're wearing a winter coat. All right. This is what you got to do. Don't jerk off for a few days and then try it. Because then you'll just be psyched. Anything is even remotely touching you down there. Or rub one out with a condom. Just get used to it. It sucks, but I'm telling you, there's, there's got to be nothing worse than fucking waking up and having that shit, you know? Of course. It's terrible. And you and she probably feels really bad and embarrassed about it. So it's like, I don't know. And she could also be lying how she got it. She could be like him. She could have been a fucking whore going out banging everything, and that's how she got it. Yeah, and you're, and you're right, and people need to take responsibility. If you get herpes, you need to take, like, 50% of it. You're 100% right. But I'm just saying, I would just feel bad if someone was like, oh, I have herpes, and nobody, you know, wants to be with me, even though I'm trying to... I know, you're right. I'm, try, I'm trying to be funny. I'm all trying to be funny, but I'm also trying to give this guy some good advice. Yeah. Some good advice. You know, you don't have to settle in life, but if you feel like this person's the one, then definitely pursue it, but don't be fucking just sitting there... You know, the worst way to go into a relationship is if you feel bad for somebody. I feel bad. I want to help them. It's fucking pathetic. You don't want to do that shit. You want someone who's your equal. Or if not, bet, aim fucking. That's why I was telling this kid he wanted to go to a prom. I go fucking definitely go to your prom and ask some girl that you think's out of your league. That's how you improve your life. You shoot hard. How the fuck did I end up with you? Yeah, I mean, huh? I, I, I'm definitely out of your No, life. I had low self-esteem that <laughs> night, and I was just like, ah, fuck it. Oh, no, I'm just joking. We are an hour and 23 minutes into this podcast. I haven't even talked about the YouTube videos. I got to go. These are the best fucking YouTube videos that we've had in a while. Uh, Fat Kid Reviews Thin Mints. Fucking hilarious. Guy throws bike to stop thieves. These guys, these guys are stealing like a Vespa. And this, this, this fucking Asian dude just takes his bicycle and throws it at him. It's, it's fucking, it's Chuck Norris to the 10th power. And then for those guys who love to watch a baseball manager yell at an umpire, we have two Wally Backman videos of him just absolutely losing his shit. 
one of what's hilarious, like this guy hits a foul ball on the other team and they call it a home run. And this guy, he just comes out. He's already cursing. What, what, what the fuck was, how did, that wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And the umpire just goes, what are you talking about? And he just snapped. What the fuck do you mean? What am I talking about? It's awesome. Um, and then the last one is a comedian who's drunk off his ass, just talking shit. Uh, Ryan Mervis, uh, check that one out. We're going to put a couple of these videos up on my Facebook page. Uh, if you want, the rest will be on the, uh, the mmpodcast.com. If you watch it on my Facebook page, please click the, uh, the share button so other people see it and they get exposed to my comedy. I'd appreciate that. We have a new uh, donation button to the podcast. If you guys would like to donate any sort of funds to the podcast, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Because I have a web guy now who I have to pay. I have overhead now. It would be nice if you guys could uh, kick it some money there. I could give him a nice little fucking salary. Everything could get a little nicer here. Yada, yada, yada. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, what, what is my Twitter name? At, at Bill Burr. At Bill Burr is my Twitter name. I wasn't sure. That's my handle. I wasn't sure if that was uh, at Bill Burr or at BillBurr.com. But my Twitter name is at Bill Burr. And uh, that's it. Go Bruins. They're going to kick the fucking Habs ass tonight. I'm not being the tip. You know what? I didn't even read. I bet Dan Shaughnessy, that fucking god of misery. I bet now he's writing about hockey. That's the only story. He doesn't know shit about hockey. I bet if you didn't if you didn't give him Lucic, Chara, or uh, or fucking Bobby Orr, I don't think he could name five Bruins. I don't. Total. Ray Bork, Cam Neal, you take all of them out. That's it. That's the podcast for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, if anybody has an STD out there, I hope that wasn't too fucking harsh. I'm not blaming you. I'm not being a dick, okay? Be honest about it. Yeah, be honest about it. Don't be a cunt because that's how you got it because someone else wasn't fucking. Yeah, that's right. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's the podcast for this week. Everybody go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.